You're listening to the PCAST, presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take your anostopy, the athletics department, and occasionally the OVC, now with little sprinkles of quarantine and the CDC thrown in there, thanks to our good friends at CDE. I am Colby Wilson, he is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austopy podcast. That's it, that's a joke. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Where... To begin this week. Where to begin? The uh, the, re- the returns are beginning to diminish on our uh, things to talk about without sports lists, simply because uh, it's now just a running list of lamenting things that should be starting or should have already started and are not. Uh, last week it was baseball. A couple weeks ago it was March Madness. Now... The Masters. Yep, we should be. Uh, we should have all been getting up early this morning to watch that uh, first tee shot, you know, and then round one Thursday and oh, four of the best days of the year. But yep, and a laugh. Now, I mean, can't even can't even get a really good Tiger Woods golf fix anymore for that. Yeah, I I've got the uh, PlayStation Three here. And I might have to fire up Tiger Woods 2012 and play a ceremonial first round at Augusta. That's right. That's that's the last one that had it, wasn't it? It's the only one that had it. And uh-huh. the fact that they made it, made that game and put Augusta on it once and then never did it again was the worst thing they could have done. Because you can't give people the taste of playing Augusta on the, on the, in 2000, whenever it was, and then just take it away from them in every other game since. Yeah, it's like that one time Michael Jordan consented to being uh, put on the old NBA Live games of my youth. It was like, man, can't go back to a to a non-Jordan world. It's we got to have him, e- even though that was the broken down Wizards version of him. Still, he finally did it too. For, on, it was NBA Two K Eleven or Twelve, and he was on the cover. And the entire game was like Michael Jordan challenges you could play, and it was kind of awesome, but. It wasn't too easy to drop 80 on the Celtics in a playoff game like a 22-year-old Jordan or whatever. Hey, just like real life. Yeah, yep. This curtails nicely into one of the the few actual agenda items that I felt like we had, and that is things to do to get away from screens. In some of my meetings and talking tos with people this week, it seems like we're all... Um, on screens all the time, all day. Uh, and it's tough because that's that's where everything is done. That's where our business is conducted. That's where our entertainment resides mostly when we can't really do much to leave the house. Um, it's it's not fun. Uh, so, Casey, you been doing anything to uh, get away from the screens and go do anything else or you just plastered to your easy chair 18 hours a day till you sleep no i'm i'm in this chair 18 hours a day okay well you were definitely not the right person to ask that question of then there's, there's nothing else to do i mean i get up and i make food occasionally get something to eat but that's that's kind of it how much heavier are we all going to be when we wander out of this i don't I really I wake up late, so I really just eat like once a day or maybe twice a day. So 
might be working in the opposite direction for me. And I'm only eating twice a day, not getting in as many steps as I'd like to, and by as many as I'd like to, I mean any at all except to walk upstairs, walk back downstairs, or go get the mail, pretty much. I did go get the mail yesterday, if that counts. It does. Why are we still getting mail right now? That seems like a really good way to pass this around, and I don't ever get, well, I won't say I don't ever get anything that's of use, but... The things that I get that are just to be thrown away really, really outweigh the stuff that I get. Like, I got the Jessica Kathy Ryan Combs save the date today. Like, that was valuable, but... Stop sending me coupons in the mail. Yeah, nobody's going anywhere to use them right now. And they just go straight to the trash, so it's a waste of paper. It is a waste of paper. Okay, so you're not doing anything to get away from screens. If you were doing something to get away from screens, what might it be? Uh, you could go for a walk. You could... Can go for a walk. You could read a book. You could read... Uh, you could, you know, cook cook a meal. Make a big fancy one or something. With what? Last dozen times I've been to the grocery store, there has been no way to put a meal together. That was going to be the problem. You're going to have to have had those ingredients pre-coronavirus. I'll brag on my wife here a little bit. Uh, she has really MacGyvered together some meals with just kind of whatever was around that I would not have expected to be as good as they were, but she pulled it off. The last time I went to Kroger, there was no ground beef. There was barely any chicken. Your options were like ground turkey. And I think there might have been some ground chicken, but... We had a ground Italian sausage lasagna one day last week that was that was pretty good. That was, that was pretty, pretty tip-top. I got chilies delivered last night. That was good. I had an interesting Uber Eats experience last night. Um, I had to order from the same place twice. Uh, once they just didn't send any of the stuff I wanted, and I just kind of set it down, and then my son Jack started eating it. And so he, he just got a stranger's meal, and then I had to call back and get mine. When, uh, so my apartment complex, like, we're, like, in this weird little, like, the guy, I don't know how to describe it. We're, like, a one-way street, and it's, like, a loop that our apartment complex is in, and there's two buildings. There's a 315 and a 317, and we're B in one of them, and the guy just dropped it off at the wrong B and rang the doorbell and left like he's supposed to, and I walk outside, and, like, the guy, like, in the building next to me, like, holding a bag, like, and like and I walked out, I'm like, I, I think that's mine. And then he dropped it like it was a radioactive grenade because... No, he walked it over and handed it to me, and I met, I met him halfway. But I was like, can we... I feel like it wasn't that hard to figure out the difference in buildings, but... Oh, well. Yeah. I'm, it, it isn't, but also I tr- I'm trying to cut people a significant amount of slack right now. Um, I got my chilies, and that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Um... You learning any skills? Any skills? Um, yeah. I am doing lots of homework if that counts as learning skills. I mean, like you picking up a new language? Are you learning how to take apart small engines? Uh, no, I'm not good with the other languages. I found that out when I took Latin in high school. You took Latin in high school? I did take Latin. I didn't want to speak a language. And a lot of the, and I like a lot of the history in the Latin because we did a lot of mythology and stuff in it. So I enjoyed that, and that's why I took the class. 
So you took a class for a language nobody's spoken in 500 years. I feel like it helped on the ACT and things like that. Cool. You're going to be taking that a lot more in your adulthood? No, but I, like I said, I didn't want to take any other languages. and Latin seemed more interesting. I like the history in it, so I took it. Okay. So you're not doing anything. I feel like that's a, a high pressure thing and it's probably from social media. It's like you gotta be making the most of all this time. It's you'll never have this much disposable time again. Like I don't feel that way at all. I feel I feel like I'm supposed to be doing a lot of work because I can. I mean I sit here all day and I'm either doing homework or work work most of the day, so I don't have as much time as everybody thinks I do. Yeah, pretty much the same for me. Um, hey, we're both fairly intolerant of others. Has this changed that at all for you? I don't think so. I see all these people doing dumb stuff on social media, and that still annoys me. I think I'm more accepting of people that I know, but I'm less accepting of people I don't know now. Because like you, I see people doing stupid things on social media, and I'm very unhappy with them. But most of the people I know... If I see another person challenge somebody to do five push-ups on their Instagram story, I think I'm going to throw something at them. Yeah, I'm about that close to deleting Instagram. It's just... what's the, I, I don't care. I don't want to watch you do five push-ups. I just don't. You sure? I can crank them out right now. No, if someone challenged me to do that thing where it's like post a photo of you working in sports too, and it was like, I was sitting there looking, I was like, I don't have any photos of me working, like, and everybody's like, like a lot of other people like have photos of them at every single game with everybody. But like, I don't, we don't take any photos of ourselves. I've always thought it was weird that so many people have so many photos of themselves working. Like, I get it. Like when you guys went to Sanford Stadium, that would have been a fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a you know, on homecoming, I'll probably take a photo. On homecoming? Yeah, on homecoming I may take a photo, because usually my wife and kid come up to homecoming, so I'll get a photo then. You don't need a photo of you from every Austin P football game last year. I just don't get it. Yeah, there's, it. there's nothing of me at Tech last year. I feel fairly certain about that. Like, I could have taken a photo at Montana State. That would have been cool. I didn't, but, like, there's no reason for a photo of the home opener against NC Central or something. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> I yeah. sure don't. Yeah, no. I, if you're doing it right, you kind of have a lot of these. You you'll accrue them over time if you're doing it right. The only photos I had of myself were in the backgrounds of women's basketball games and me sitting at the scores table. That cool photo of Juan Bryan holding the trophy from when we clinched the football title last year. I've probably seen that photo a dozen times, and it wasn't until I used it on Saturday for a story that I realized Cody Bush is wandering. I recognized the exact same thing when he put it on the website. Like, hey, there's Cody. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Cody was not overly thrilled with the idea that we put him on there, but, you know, don't be walking around when there's cameras active, bud. That's all I can tell you. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll bring on David Weber remotely to discuss... A lot of stuff, some of it baseball, an awful lot of it, other things. But Webb's a good guest right after this.
Normally, this would be a busy week for David Weber. The Govs would be in the thick of the Ohio Valley Conference season. Weber would be working with his stable of hitters, and Austin P would be prepping for the weekend. This is not normal, obviously, nor is Weber sitting down for an interview, but we're happy he's here and consented to join us. Webb, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Cole. How are you? I'm doing all right. So, take me through your philosophy of hitting. Yeah, um, I would say if I was breaking it down, you know, from the beginning, I would say, you know, as far we're we're trying to do damage, we're trying to hit doubles, um, we're trying to hit line drives. I think, you know, in past years we've hit some homers, um, and I really think that's a result of trying trying to hit line drives, trying to hit balls in the gap, and then it kind of can translate into home runs um, on that level. I don't really think home run hitters necessarily try to hit home runs. I do think they try to hit balls hard to the gaps. So, What does it mean to roll the pole? <laughs> That's a good one. I, uh, I picked that up when I was in Florida. Um, an older coach uh, said to me one time, let's go out and roll the pole. And I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, I brought it here, and I can think of some – some guys, I'd say, hey, let's go roll the pole. One that pops into mind, Alex Sala. I said that to him one day. He said, Weber, where do you get this from? <laughs> it just means swinging the bat. It's just like, hey, let's go roll the pole. It's just something different I like to say. Let's swing the bat. So I, That's just something I picked up from somebody back home in Florida. What makes a player a good student of hitting? Good student of hitting? Oh, I'd say um, – the player really has to be able to watch and understand the game. Um, you know, during baseball, you can have times where your mind wants to drift, but if you can stay locked in in the dugout and you can kind of tell, hey, man, this guy, this, he really likes to sink the ball. This guy's trying to elevate the ball on you with two strikes. You know, you're going to have to see him down or you're going to have to get him up. A guy really trying to sink, you better get him up. Um, you know, if he's got the wipeout slider going, you better really, really see that thing up. You better get after the fastball when you get a chance. Um, but what really made to answer your question, what really makes them good students of hitting is really just watching the game, staying locked in, asking the right questions, talking to their teammates when they come back to the dugout, um, see, seeing what their teammates might have saw too. What are the right questions? I hear that a lot when talking to, to baseball players, particularly hitters, about asking the right questions and looking for the right things. Yeah, I think I think sometimes some things you can't see with your eyes in baseball until you actually get in the box. Um, you're on deck and you're like, ah, it looks all right. And then you get in there and suddenly a dude's got some serious life on his fastball and it almost looks like it's jumping on you, you know, maybe 87, 88 miles an hour, but it may look like 93, you know, things like, you know, the guy in front of you, if he can really help you, you know, he could say, the leadoff guy could say, hey, man, his fastball's jumping. It's It's got some life. Um, I know, you know, the scouting report may say it's 88 and it may be 88 on the scoreboard, but it feels more like 92 or, you know, the fastball has some serious run. It might not look like it from the dugout, but it's going to run in on you pretty hard. Um, and those just asking those type things, you know, what's his, what, what do you think his go-to pitch was? What was his best pitch? Um, you know, and those, some of those things come with the scouting report, what he's going to go to to try to get you out and things like that. You've played for and now coach for Travis Jansen. What is that like? Oh yeah, it's it's been uh it's been really good, truthfully. I uh as a player, I I moved out to Oklahoma and played for him out there and it was it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Um I think that there's not a whole ton of rules. It's really just doing the right things. Um 
It's not like we have some crazy rule book of you got to do this, got to do that. Some programs are like that. This is more of a place where, you know, it's, this is how we do it. And, you know, we, we strive for excellence and we try and do the right things all the time. And it kind of speaks for itself. It's pretty simple, but it covers a lot of bases that way. And as a coach, I've kind of just taken on what I've learned from him and what I learned in junior college and just tried to bring it, bring it here too when I came here. So that's really as far as playing and coaching for him. I just kind of tried to carry on the things I learned when I was playing for him. You've risen pretty quickly as a coach from JUCO to Austin P. What do you attribute that to? Yeah, I just think right place, right time. Um, I played at a, I, got, I got lucky. I got to play at a really, really good junior college. Um, and then I, I went to play at Northeastern State for Coach Jansen. I got lucky being in the right place at the right time that the assistant recruiting coordinator at Northwest Florida moved on to Division One school in New Orleans. And um, I got my bump there down – I got to go to Northwest Florida and take his spot because we had a good relationship there from playing there. And then uh, I got a chance to come up here and be the volunteer. And um, once again, I think right place, right time and just trying to work hard. And I uh, got the bump up here after Coach Romans left. You were kind of a jack of all trades as a player. You could do a little bit of everything, play outfield, catch. Uh, how does that help you as a coach? Uh, I just think if coach needs me to help with the infielders one day, you know, if, if it looks like it's kind of a light day on catchers maybe, or, you know, they, they caught 18 innings to pat yesterday or win extra inning games and both of them caught or something like that. I can help out at other places. You know, I, I can go help with the infielders, outfielders, you know, I can kind of sit in. I was a catcher too. So if I had to help with the pitchers, I could, if Trevor wanted my help or Will needed my help down there, I, I could, at least try to give them what they want, and I could at least know what it's supposed to look like. How important is the summer league experience for guys, and how how much uncertainty does that put into you guys' plan, either not knowing that there will be any kind of summer league or knowing that it will be really, really brief and truncated? Yeah, I think, you know, especially the younger guys that need more at-bats, I think it's really big for them that need reps and maybe – they were a part-time player and they really, but we really see him playing, playing a lot next year. Um, then that guy, you know, at bats and innings could be huge to him, especially with this shortened season. Um, I think we would like to send a lot of guys out if we could, but you know, with what's going on, we do understand that that may not be a possibility. Um, if it's not, then we just got to instill the trust in our guys and um, just hope that, you know, they're doing the right things at home. And I know they will be and uh, get ready for, a good year coming back. When you talk to them right now, what are they doing? A lot of them, truthfully, a lot of them are like, oh, I just finished some schoolwork. Um, a couple of them have gyms at their house and things like that. And they're like, coach, I've been lifting, doing this and that. Um, Bobby Head was, he was touring me around his house the other day. He was, he said, uh, coach, check this gym out. He's got like a little gym in his garage and he has like a little pop-up net. He's hitting off a tee into. So it's kind of, it's kind of a gritty little setup, but it's not bad. And, uh, I think guys are finding a way to work out. The new clubhouse project is coming along in its way, but how excited are you just to get in that facility and really see what it's going to do for you, not just for your current players, but for recruiting and for the future? Yeah, I, uh, I, I haven't really got to see a ton of it yet. I'm going get on the inside, but um, it, it, from what I hear, it's supposed to be really special, and, I, and I'm sure it will be. Uh, we're as a coaching staff I think we're super excited about getting in there and obviously with recruiting it'll help and obviously as you know the student athlete experience it'll, it'll help 
our guys here that are here right now. And I think that that'll be big time for them. And I think they'll really, really love it. It's, it looks like it's, you know, it's got a lot of space, some new lockers. Um, it, it looks really awesome from the pictures I've seen. And I'm excited about that. You're recently engaged as well, aren't you? Yes, sir. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Do you, do you have some firm plans about that or is all this sort of throwing that out in the air? We're shooting for September 6th um, as the date. So right now we stand all right. I, I don't know how long this will go. You know, if, if he's getting backed up, we'll find another time to do it. Um, Courtney's joked with me. She says, we're getting married. So we'll, we'll go down to the courthouse. You know, we plan to do it in Florida. So she's like, oh, we'll go down to the courthouse down there. I don't care. That's what she jokes. So we'll see if, if that actually happens when it gets close. But uh, that's, that's the thought for now. Are you getting drug into a lot more wedding planning stuff than maybe you'd envisioned? Well, now that I'm at home, you know, you'd think it, it might be up a little bit, but we honestly, we planned it pretty quick and she kind of wanted simple and so did I. So we kind of just rolled through it and we're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Are you good with this? Yeah. Are you good with this? Yeah. And it kind of rolled pretty quick. It had a couple of weeks where it was like, all right, we're going to do this. We got to do this. This has to be done. But after that, you know, I think we're kind of set up. All right, that's all the easy stuff. Let's go to the harder things. What is your favorite word? Probably passion. What is your least favorite word? Soft. Soft? Yep. Who or what inspires you? Parents. Parents, for sure. What's the last book you read for fun? Uh, Culture Code. What's that about? Just about different cultures, um, you know, businesses, NBA teams, about the Spurs. You know, it's about Google. Um, it's just about all, you know, the way that they the way that they, they operate and just kind of kind of the elites of the elite and the way that they do things. What is your worst habit? Probably let my beard grow way too long and all down my neck sometimes. I get in trouble for that sometimes. <laughs> What app on your phone gets the most use? What app on my Twitter? 100%. <laughs> no doubt. Notice you're a big tweeter. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Got in a car accident once. I was pretty, you know, when you, if you get in a car accident, I wish that upon nobody, it's terrifying. You know, it's kind of like a shock. It kind of freaks you out a little bit. Um, that's probably the most terrifying thing. What is your idea of happiness? Um, just, just being, being a dad, you know, just living life to the fullest and enjoying it. And, you know, I, one of my things, my, I was talking to my brother about this last night, you know, Courtney and I are are looking at houses and things like that. And I was, we were talking about, I love a back deck and you happiness is sitting on the back deck with your family and just, you don't need, you don't need a whole lot of conversation. You don't need a whole lot of anything. Just relax, listen to some music, just enjoy your family. What is your idea of misery? Um, alone. Alone, for sure. You know, just that'd be tough. People, you know, being alone would be a really tough thing. What makes you self-conscious? Mm. That's a good one right there. Uh, all the guys always give me crap because I'm so skinny. So I'd probably get tired of hearing that all. <laughs> They're they're always like, man, Webb, eat some food. Man, Webb, lift some weights. So I'd say probably that. 
that you're just too skinny. Boy, it must be hard. It must be tough. What is the most embarrassing song you love? Oh. Taylor Swift stuff. Man, Taylor Swift's good. All of it. Yeah. Red, I think, is the song I like. That song's good. That's kind of back. That's back when I was in college, I think. But that's a good song. Taylor Swift's probably a little bit embarrassing. Which one was it? Which song? I think Red. Oh. A good one. Maybe that's the album. Is it the album or the song? It's pretty good. Both. I mean, I think it's both, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That whole album, I remember this. It was pretty good, so. How would you prefer to die? Just hopefully, you know, I've, I've lived my life to the fullest. And then when it's my time to go, I, ho- I hope it's not very painful. And um, I hope that, you know, my family's in a good situation. And um, I don't just go and leave them heartbroken or anything like that. I hope that, you know, it kind of happens when it's supposed to happen. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Come back If I was coming back as a person, it'd probably be like Mike Trout. If I was coming back as something, you know, like some kind of animal or something, it would probably be a cheetah or a lion or something. I've been watching a lot of Tiger King, maybe a crazy, crazy tiger or something. What might prompt you to lie? To save somebody. To save somebody, a family member, someone I really care about, something like that. What makes you hopeful? Um, just just seeing the, the type of people that are starting to come up, you know, in coaching, you know, with each year, I feel like players grow up more and more. I think, I think people get smarter and smarter every year. Um, it gives me hope that, you know, vaccines will, you know, come out that maybe they've never had a vaccine for. Maybe we can heal cancer. Maybe we can do some of those type things, you know, and social media can be such a thing where people are like, oh, social media, you know, it's, it's crushing everybody. But I really think it's helped, you know, the generation coming up to learn, you know, they're smarter at their age, you know, with every year that comes on, they're a little bit smarter and they're a little bit more experienced. Um, that, that definitely gives me hope. What is our purpose in life? Our purpose? I would say, you know, I try and go person by person when I think of that. Um, but I, you know, I think everybody's put in this world for a reason. And I think that, you know, for me it would be, I was put here to try and help young men become, you know, better people. You know, I want them to be great players, but I want them to be, you know, great dads and great husbands when they leave um, after that. Regardless of who the next guest is, what would you ask them? What's the toughest situation you've ever been through? What's yours? Um, I'm trying to think. Just – just having to make decisions that, you know, you, you don't think they're that big of a deal. Um, and maybe they are, I, I'm trying to think of an exact situation, but you know, you sit there and you weigh some decisions here and there and you go, all right, is this really what I want to do? And, um, so, so far for me, I would say, you know, come coming here to Austin P as a volunteer, I think was a tough decision for me. You know, I, I was in a paid job at a really, really good junior college that had won the national championship a year before that. Um, so it was, it was weighing some decisions, you know, do I want to go somewhere where, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to scrap for it and battle for it money wise for, you know, here a little while, or do I want to just wait it out here? And you know, I think it worked out great, but the, you know, that's, that was probably tough tough decision as far as that goes but I've, I've i've been lucky in my life to uh to not have to deal with a ton of t- tough decisions yet
Webb, thanks for your time. Uh, anything else you wanna you wanna toss out there? Let the people know about. No, I I uh, stay safe out there. Um, I appreciate all the administration, all you guys do to keep it rolling and, um, and just keeping us updated. It's been awesome. And I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out to me to do this. Thanks, Colby. I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, Web. Big thanks to David Weber for taking the time out of his day to talk hitting and Austin P and his career and a little bit of everything else as well. Um, obviously, this is the part where we talk about the upcoming events at Austin P. This would be the time of year where we were starting to get into championship season for golf and tennis and really winding down towards the, the last little bit of the season and... Now, now we're not going to do that, so uh, we'll talk about a couple of other things. Um, what we'd be doing if we were at work, aside from shouting abuse at one another. Yeah, yeah, that would, yeah, that would be happening. Yeah, yeah, it would. Shouting abuse at others, uh, being... We, we just have live events to cover, and that that's the thing. I think that's the thing that i will appreciate most about returning to action if and when we return to action is it's really hard to make up stuff to talk about or cover all the time and i feel like that's what we're doing most of i mean the the govs countdown list are doing good um who's, who's up on baseball today uh reed harper will go today reed harper today okay parker phillips yeah. yesterday I think I had Parker higher on my list in there. You did. In the ranking. You had him higher. Some people left him off entirely. That's that's democracy. Uh, Not 100% of the people agree 100% of the time. Well, it's fun. It's fun to embrace debate. Yes, that's that's what we're doing here. And I, I will say that it's hilarious to me that because my name's attached to these things, people text me to yell at me because people are higher or lower or left off entirely. Like I'm not just to come on the podcast and discuss. I'm not just doing this to, uh, to do it. I'm this, this is not my personal opinion about any of it. There there are people covering sports. Oh yeah. I'd much rather be, you, you give me a tennis match right now, a sport that I just don't know a thing about. And I would be, tickled pink just to have something to do oh yeah something to do would be nice this this environment is not particularly conducive to uh creativity and i think think everybody's feeling the squeeze for that because we've we've thrown about a lot of ideas that i think would die on the vine in a different climate but because we're content starved and usually creative people and also bored out of our skulls gets entertained a lot more than it otherwise would. 
Yeah, I'm doing some of the boring stuff right now, like just writing bios, which I I did a little bit when I first started working, but going through and redoing all of them now. It's, just... it's menial work, but it's also stuff that's got to be done, and maybe we'll get back to... important, but I, mean, I won't have to do it. I won't have to do it later, so that's good. That's, that is the nice thing. Assu- is being assuming we start soccer season on time, they'll be ready to go. Assuming we start soccer, football, I can't, if we can, if we can start soccer season on time, I will be, I'll be the happiest PA guy in the OVC. One thing I've been asking people lately is what positives may come out of this. Do you see, do you see any particular positives in this long stretch of idle boredom that may come forth, may make themselves known? Tennis numbers might go might go up when we come back out of this. I feel like, yeah, I feel like people, yeah, people attending live sporting events is really going to take off again, and that's good. Yeah, I'd like to say in a vacuum we'll all start to treat one another more kindly, but this is an election year, so I'm not holding my breath about that. Um, yeah, there was. People are saying there's not going to be an election on Twitter. It's like we held an election in the middle of the Civil War and World War II. I think we can handle it. I would hope so, but there again, I don't know. We're we're in this weird between world that, like, we're in a weird Stephen King novel right now, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what all's going to shake out of it. My hope is that maybe people will just start to be cleaner. That would be good. That would be a start. That'd be a good start. The the people having to take hygiene and cleanliness a little more seriously will be hopefully will hopefully it'll ingrain some good habits in people. I just hope uh, we still get to go on our our football trips here to start the season. And if not, I saw something today that said college football could start in October and still play a thirteen game schedule. Which, ooh, sure. I mean, sure gonna sure gonna cause some problems when when basketball season rolls around. But I mean, I feel like this is gonna be a year coming up where it's gonna be a lot of stuff condensed on top of one another, and we're just all gonna have to we're all gonna have to do what we can to ease everyone's load because it's not just gonna be unique to us. I mean. There's nowhere we're going to go this year where everybody's not. I mean, even these places like Georgia or Vandy or, you know, the places that seem to have a lot of staffers, there's just not going to be enough. There's not going to be enough bodies to throw all the directions you got to throw them this year if we get started on a reasonable amount of time. If we're playing football at the late, that means we've also started soccer late. And if football and soccer and volleyball all run into basketball, boom, buddy. Dunn Center is going to be a busy little place if volleyball gets going late, in addition to all the rest of them. I'm going to have to put a cot in the office. But in, And especially because there's, like, the reset button, if we get everything started, would be, all right, let's get basketball started on its regular schedule so we can have March Madness next year and get everybody back to normal and finally put this away. And that's, I love that idea, but it's going to take a ton of effort on everybody's part across college athletics. 
just push everything back to where this year, next year, baseball ends right at the beginning of school. And then we just go right back into normal schedule after that. College That's World Series, that- like August 1. Is that usually when it wraps up anyway? It feels like the College World Series goes on forever sometimes. All right, College World Series, mid to late August, right at the beginning of baseball, or school. End of baseball, beginning of school. I was being facetious. It's the weekend of the draft. That would cause problems for the draft. It. Never mind. Never mind. We were supposed to get that cool draft at in Omaha this year, too. We didn't, we're not going to get that. That stinks. Oh, yeah, man. I forgot all about that. That does stink. Draft the night before the World Series. Well, they were going to do the first round, first couple rounds the night before the World Series. It started in Omaha. So you could have guy college. You could have more than just high school guys at the draft. That would have been fun. I'm really bummed out that the NFL draft's not going to get to do its Vegas thing. I mean, after Nashville last year and knowing the party Vegas can throw, I was really looking forward to that. Which team's going to draft the wrong guy first because of the virtual draft? I don't know. I mean, draft the wrong guy, go way over their time, and then say, oh, my Wi-Fi was out, or who who knows? I lean towards Andy Reid picking the wrong guy first. He, I feel like he doesn't do the technology. Uh, I lean towards the Giants just because they're the Giants. Just because they're the Giants, yeah. Yeah. I would say the Jets, but, I mean, the Jets have so much experience drafting and getting booed for it immediately in New York that doing it from home without anybody screaming obscenities at them will probably be quite relaxing for their brass. Should the Bengals trade the number one pick? I think they should. I think you should always trade the number one pick if you get a really, really, really good package for it. If you can get the number five and like seven other picks, you get Tua instead of Joe Burrows and you get eight other guys, yeah, I'd trade the number one pick. I mean, I would too, and there's no, there's no guarantee that Burrow may not be there at five. I don't think he would be. I think if they're trading back, they're trading with the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are picking Burrow at one if they get there. I think that would be what they should do, but I also think that you could trade down to like four, and the Giants aren't going to bail on Daniel Jones the Skins aren't going to bail on Dwayne Haskins. And the Jags really seem to love Tua. Jags do like Tua, I think. Not that we're plugged in or anything. Just every Maybe they they love Tua because they know that there's no way Joe Burrow's going to be sitting there at three. I don't know. I forgot about the Jags. Are they at four? They're at three. The Giants are at four. Everybody's... If the Jags, I have seen a lot of stuff about the Jags and two out now that I'm thinking about it, but everywhere else I'm already saying the Dolphins are going to get two at five. And I'm like, yeah, I think you get past the Jags. But I, cause I, w- I wouldn't put my franchise on Gardner Minshew, but. I like Gardner Minshew. I thought it was kind of crazy that he was drafted as low as he was last year, but I'm, the one I'm thinking is odd is like, I've seen Jordan Love going six to the Chargers or seven to the Panthers. And was like, I don't, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't know that if I'm picking that high and there's some of these like real game changing guys still on the board, I, I just don't know if I'm picking sixth or seventh if I want the fourth best quarterback. I'll tell you what, if I need a quarterback, I'm gonna be bad next year, get the number one pick, 
and get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's also a pretty good idea as well. Good as all the quarterbacks are this year, not if they compare to Trevor Lawrence. I think Burrow could be that good. I think he unlocked something in watching him this year that leads me to believe that he could have a pretty good career ahead of him. I don't know if Tua could be that good just because I don't... Hip things scare me. Like The difference in Burrow is you think Burrow could be that good. I know Trevor Lawrence is going to be that good. You don't know. I mean, I think he's the most... I think he's the most like Peyton Manning since Peyton Manning, but at the same time, I thought that about Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck retired at 28. Yeah, that's. I'm seeing a lot of people say he's the best quarterback since Luck, and then but Luck was the best quarterback since Manning. So, so obviously the Colts are going to tank and then get Lawrence next year. Oh, we got we got Philip Rivers. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, it's a one year stopgap. Yeah. But, uh, if you want a quarterback in the future, I don't know why you sign Rivers because you're not going to get the number one pick with him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would have steered into it the opposite way, grabbed Jameis Winston for cheap and hoarded assets for a year. How about uh, how about MLB's plan to play in Arizona? How terrible it is. Or a park. That, it's not good. The players sitting in the stands in 100-degree Arizona heat just seems dumb. They're never going to agree to being quarantined away from their families for five months. I think that's the thing that really gets me is like, you've only got a slim part of the Venn diagram of professional baseball players who are like, yes, absolutely, I will go be away from my family for five months to play baseball. Like Trevor Bauer would lock that in in a heartbeat, but then you've got like guys with with families. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the Reds. Like Tucker Barnhart's not going to be away from his, his wife and his son for five months. Well, something else I was thinking about, too, and not necessarily that it's it's simple right now because of how the medical professionals are limiting who goes into uh, delivery rooms and who visits uh, when a baby's born now, but a lot of these guys are going to expect kids during the summer. You know, every year there's a guy who takes a few days off for paternity for his kid being born. Well, they're not going to miss three months or whenever. I mean, what if your kid's born in June and then you don't get to go home until October? Yeah, it's. I think it's weird, too, the ways they're cutting out contact because they're like, they're going to use an electronic umpire, or electronics to keep the umpire away from the batters and the catcher. But the batter's still going to be near the catcher. And then on force plays, you're still going to have contact. Everybody's playing with the same baseball. When a guy's holding a runner on, they're right beside each other. Like moving the umpire back ten feet doesn't doesn't make a difference. No, and also the uh, well, we're gonna do it in Arizona because it's hot, and this thing we think it's it doesn't travel as well in heat. Like we don't know enough about this thing. I saw somebody on Twitter too was like, "Hey, we have coronavirus in Arizona too." Yeah, like we don't know enough about this to make any sort of broad statements like that. It's crazy. Also, that two being said, seven, they'll probably two seven inning double headers in Arizona in the summer seems like a lot of heat. Yeah, I know it sounds. Oh, we're gonna cut two innings out of every game, yeah, but you're gonna still have nothing. Feet. Nothing we're makes Rob Manfred more excited than seven inning games. I, I get, get it, it to, to a certain, certain extent that, that you just want, want to have the product and you want to have the, have the, the games, games go on, on but, but just. just 
No. Play like a hundred. Uh, play a hundred. Play like a hundred and one games. Start it in July or something. Hopefully, and end in November instead of October. Everybody will be okay. Yeah, that would be optimal. But you know, they don't ask us because uh, we're supposed to talk about Austin Peay sports for a living, which we haven't done any of that in the last ten minutes. What is there about Austin Peay sports to talk about? Uh, you wrote a good article about Savannah yesterday. I did. Savannah was doing very well when I talked to her. Other student athletes, when I've talked to them, have been upbeat, pretty surprisingly. I thought that there would be some more hanging of heads or... No, no, everybody's pretty good. Most of them understand. I feel like they might have been upset at the beginning. Yeah, that was. that's also been something that pretty much everybody said was, you're you're catching me at a, at a time that I've had some time to process this now. But, uh, yeah, we'll have some more athletes and coaches and stuff like that here in the near future. I think the NCAA rule to give them an extra year if they want it has helped a lot of spirit. I think it has too, but that's when I've talked to them, that's one of the things that's come up, and everybody's got a different logistical hurdle. You know, some's money, some just do. Is there a program for me? Yeah, do I do I want to kick the can down the road for another year, or do I just want to get started in my life? There's a, there's a bunch of considerations. It's not if it was just as simple as I'd like to come back to school. All right, come on back to school, then that'd be that. But it's not. Nothing is. Nope. Usually this is where we tell you to uh, go out and do some good in your community and tell Haley Meyer about it so she can record it and get your AP Gus Cup points. Uh, the best thing you can do for your community right now is to stay inside and not do anything. So we implore you to do that and wash your hands regularly, and hopefully we can all get back out to doing good in the community soon. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at Let's Go Pee dot com slash podcast give us a rating and review on the podcast five stars five stars if you like to suggest a guest let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out um what's that new game everybody's playing animal crossing what never mind um challenge casey to uh an online matchup in mlb the show tweet us i'm at c wilson 225 he's at c underscore craig 19 love yourselves love each other Wash your hands, put on your face mask if you gotta go out. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Take the